Hello, welcome to what is now episode nine of At Least You Didn't. I'm shocked at this. Uh, I'm Caroline Verdon. I'm Annabelle Buckland. And if you've stuck with us this long, you really need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> or to get in contact and let us know exactly what life's mistakes you are making too, because I feel like you are probably one of us. Uh, this podcast is just about terrible things we have accidentally done in our lives we set out to be good people we set out to do the right thing and yet time and time again we seem to cock up what we discovered during lockdown in our messages to each other was that we just were trying to one-up each other on all of the terrible stories from Mm. our terrible lives so we decided that rather than just letting them die and never telling another living soul, we would revive these stories in the form of a podcast. It was basically do that or one-up ourselves so much that one of us would eventually have to kill a man. (laughs) Or just stop being friends. Yeah, and we felt this was the safer option. (laughs) So weird. Anyway, what we did is we wrote down all of our horrendously embarrassing stories on tiny bits of paper. Some of the bits of paper were a bit bigger because they were that embarrassing. (laughs) Folded them up, put them in a little bag, sent each other our bags, put the mics on, had a glass of gin and recorded a podcast. It's quite a large gin, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, And what we found is that a problem shared is some hilarity raised. And it certainly (laughs) made me feel better knowing that I wasn't the only one to do these really stupid things. We would love for you, as you have been, uh, to share your stories with us. Uh, We are bowled over by the amount of messages we're getting every week, which is just amazing, of the terrible situations you have found yourselves in. And it is such a joy to realise that we're all part of a very special club. Just get in touch with us on the socials. We are at At Least You Didn't on Facebook and Instagram. And come and tell us what you've done and we'll get you on the podcast. Like Ellie, who got in touch with us a few weeks ago, who lives in actual Australia, literally the other side of the world. (laughs) Her story is an absolute corker today, as are, as ever, all the stories. Because coming up on this week's episode... At least you didn't make a terrifying discovery in your garden. Get a bad rep on the river. Or accidentally call David Beckham a murderer. Caveat for legal reasons we need to clarify here. David Beckham, not a murderer. At least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. At least you didn't make a terrifying discovery in your garden. Mm. So let me give you some background. We bought a house that was built in like 1850 something. So it's pretty old. And when we were going through the whole buying thing, they do various searches, the solicitors. And one of the searches that came back was that our house had been built on a Roman burial ground. Right. Now, this might put some people off, but the house was beautiful. (laughs) They're dead. They don't know about it. Who cares? Exactly. It was a long time ago. It turned out, and I thought this was pretty cool, that some of the things that they dug up from this Roman burial ground um, were on display in the Ashmolean Museum, which if you live in Oxfordshire, that's proper posh. That is big news. Isn't it? And you could actually turn up to the Ashmolean and see some stuff that was once underneath your kitchen. That I think yeah. that's really cool. You've made it. You know you've made it. So I was all for buying this house. So we sort of knew what we were getting ourselves into. 
Anyway, we buy the house and we do a little housewarming for the new neighbours and invite them round. Yeah. And it's just pre-Christmas, so we do some little pre-Christmas drinks. And we've never met any of them before. We've only moved in for about three weeks and we're meeting them all and they all seem lovely. And one of our neighbours says, um, have you heard any of the weird noises yet? Oh, God. I said, what? She said, yeah, the last owners used to hear people walking up and down the stairs. Oh, what? what? Why would you say that to someone? Why would you what say douche? that to someone? And then she said, and in this area in particular, and we were sitting in the kitchen at this point, often you'd hear noises coming from this area. And this oh is where the bodies were buried. I do not like the sound of this neighbour. And I was thinking this is really creepy. But we crack on. And I think a lick of paint, uh, a new sofa, any of those noises will be a thing of the past. <laughs> I just won't I just won't think about them. We'll just crack on. Um, I'll, I'll create our Pinterest-worthy house and just will not mention yeah. the weird clangings of the dead in the night. Um, <laughs> and... We'd done we sort of done the house to how he wanted it and we then started work on the garden and it was a massive garden. It was completely unruly. And we decided we wanted to turn one area of it into a vegetable patch. Like you know most people when they start wanting to grow their own veg, grow like something in a pot on their windowsill to start off with to see if they're any good. Okay. Yeah, we didn't. We went brilliant. Six meters by six meters. Yes, we'll have a massive Full on veg allotment. patch. Full yeah. on allotment. And so we went to town and we sort of marked this area out and we dug it all over. And then I started planting everything imaginable. I'm talking corn on the cob. I am talking potatoes, beetroot, rhubarb, wow, everything. Wow, you're basically a farmer. Yeah, I basically started up a, a farm. So I'm there feeling very impressed with myself because even though it's taken a lot of work, it turns out I can grow potatoes. And yeah. I'm digging up some of the potatoes uh, and I'm sort of sat on the ground as I'm digging and digging and digging and finding these potatoes and finding these potatoes. And then I dig something up and it is not a potato. <laughs> it is a bone. Okay. Now, it, could it be like a, a bone from the previous owner's dog? It not, like is, a, not like a dead dog. I mean, the dog's bone or the it, dead dog. Could be a dead dog. It looks like a leg bone, like a human leg bone. Whoa, like a full-on tibia. Whatever it's called, but a small one. So it, it looks, yeah. So, obviously, like a, like, a, like, a baby. like a child's bone. Oh my gosh, Caroline, that's... Now, I that's don't think it is. I don't think it is. I'm thinking this is, you know, it's just, it's a dog bone. Yeah. It's a, it's obviously it's a dog bone. Yeah. Anyway, I go to work the following day and I just happened to mention it. And they were like, you have to bring it in tomorrow and we'll do something about this on the radio. And I was like, yes. So we bring it in and, and the following morning on the radio, we start talking about it. And we have this phone call from a guy who is an archaeologist. Wow. And he says, send me the pictures. So I send him the pictures, fully, fully expecting him to come back and say, it's a dog bone that they've been eating in the garden. And he comes back and says, you, you might want to do one of two things. Either contact the police, because it's not too old, this bone. Wow. Wow. Or 
go and see an archaeologist like and he gave me the de- the details of this place and that way if they determine that it is a human bone then the police is the next stop wow so i had gone from fun and games and <laughs> digging this up is potatoes fun, digging up potatoes to suddenly my back garden is potentially a murder scene oh my god so why I've, does this stuff only happen to why you why does it so i phone <laughs> I phone this archaeologist bloke who's sort of been sending us these messages. And I was like, are you winding me up? And he's like, no. And he starts talking in technical terms about bone density and if you turn it this way and if you... And he's like, I I just... It could be a couple of things, but I just... I really think you should go and get it properly checked out. So he gives me the number of... um, Now, we're in Oxford, obviously. So he gives me the number of this Oxford University lab that is basically used for like this sort of thing yeah so i phone them up they say yes i can come down i come down um and i walk into what looks like something straight out of the tv like it's like a proper like a crime lab yeah you know there are bottles everywhere there's huge tables that are made out of stainless steel um there's you know you know what happens there big fridges big fridges and I take this bone in and I take it out of my handbag because I don't know where else to put it. Have <laughs> you got it in a little sandwich bag, a little Ziploc? Exactly that. I'd taken some kitchen roll from the work kitchen. I had wrapped it up gently in the kitchen roll and then placed it inside a sandwich bag. And then I put it inside my handbag. And so I'm there rummaging around going, is it here somewhere? That no mobile phone, no house keys. And I pass them this bone and they put it on the table and they look at it. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah. I know what this is. And I'm thinking, oh my God, my husband is going to absolutely murder me for this because he said, do not mention it on the radio because (laughs) it means that from now on, rather than just keep this on the down low, our house was publicly going to be known as the house of horrors and how the hell are we going to sell that? (laughs) And I'm thinking he's actually going to go nuts. He's going to lose it. And this guy goes, yeah, I I do know what it is. Um, it's the leg and I'm like oh god of a blackbird (laughs) (laughs) Caroline I know He did say, in my defence, they do look... They are similar. What? To the leg bone of a small child? Very, very, very small child, yeah. (laughs) Apparently, they're very similar. The two (laughs) things are very similar. But this is why, um, in our new house, I'm only allowed to do vegetable growing in pots. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. At least you didn't get a reputation on the river okay amazing so this story (laughs) this goes back to when i just left sixth form and all of my friends went to university and i didn't i was very adamant i didn't want to go to uni because a i am indecisive and didn't have a clue what i wanted to study and didn't want to waste all of that money if i were going to change my mind halfway through 
Um, and B, I hated being told that uni was the way forward. <laughs> and I was determined that I was going to go out into the world and make my fortunes. So I went and got a job in a dental practice. Brilliant. <laughs> and I was earning my living. But I realised that all of my friends had gone off and done this, you know, big, scary thing of going to uni. I needed something to rival, not rival that, but I needed my version of that. You mean rival. You mean rival. Don't redress (laughs) it. We know exactly what you mean. (laughs) I just needed a way to be better. Yeah. So. (laughs) Obs. So um, I think the obvious choice here that we're probably all thinking is I needed to join a canoe club (laughs) brilliant brilliant obviously oh your friend your friends at uni who were there like oh we're having we're having a a phone party I've joined a canoe club (laughs) free drinks free drinks pass me my paddle (laughs) so this was my life, okay? I just started a job as a receptionist in a dental practice, my first proper full-time job, and I've just joined my local canoe club beginners course, and I'm absolutely buzzing. I go along on the first week. I am determined to be the best at everything. <laughs> I'm surprisingly not <laughs> awful, and I was basically teacher's pet. I was just trying to be the best. I was the first to volunteer for everything, the first to volunteer to dunk underwater in my boat and be rescued when there are all these kind of like middle-aged men getting all nervous about having to capsize their boat and there's me going, I'll do it, I'll go first. And I was loving it. And there was one, one weekend that we went out in our boats and we had to go in a lock and it was my first time in a lock. So it was the closest that you had got before watching Rosie and Jim like the rest of rest of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So I was in this lock and I sort of understand the premise of the lock. Also, I think <laughs> because I know that they close the gates each end. Yeah. The water level gradually rises inside the lock. And I'm thinking, what's going to happen when the doors open? And I'm imagining a bit of a whoosh like a waterfall yeah, sort of like that and i said to one of the coaches is there going to be a bit of a wave and he said oh yeah annabelle i was just about <laughs> to say to you actually you want to get yourself up at the front because and and get and and get ready to brace and be really you know you've got to be ready for this the, the water level in the lock is gonna be different to what's on the other side obviously obviously god and i paddle myself up to the front and I brace with my arms at proper right 90 degree right angle I was saying right Les says you've got to get ready guys come on and (laughs) everyone and everyone's giving me these funny looks and I was thinking oh they're probably just nervous they they need me to be at the front because I'm the one that that you know I'm the daredevil here I'd do anything I'd give anything a go I'm crazy (laughs) I'm so wacky the gates of the lock open slowly slowly but surely opening (laughs) to reveal perfectly calm serene water's edge completely level with the water that i'm on and i just go oh (laughs) every single person behind me we were out in a group of about 15 of us and they were all absolutely pissing themselves (laughs) At least you did. Hang on, hang on. 
You did? Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you did. This is the part of the podcast where we share your stories because a problem shared is a problem for us to laugh at and (laughs) humiliate each other with. Uh, And why should we have all the fun? Exactly. And uh, that's what Ellie did. Now, Ellie is in Australia. In Australia? Hello, thank you very much. In Australia, DM'd us on Instagram to share her story. And this is, at least you didn't, poison the guy you're trying to sleep with. So I went to university in Manchester and I was a drama student, but I spent a lot of time hanging out with medics. And because uh, they did like Medics Review, the sketch show and Medics Panto and stuff like that. And it was much easier to get in to than anything that the drama society were doing. <laughs> Smaller pool. Um, so <laughs> I uh, was doing Medics Review, the sketch show. And we'd done the first night and we were in the bar and um, I was chatting away to this guy. And he fits my two major criteria in that he can hold a conversation and he's taller than me. (laughs) Boom, done, nailed it. Not asking Uh, a lot, is it? Let's be honest. And I'm getting, because it's a small community medics, in particular medics that perform, getting lots of elbows and like oh you're going home with him you're going home with him oh you're going home with him maybe maybe and I was sort of still deciding when the bar kicked out and I went next door to the pizza place and I was with another friend and we ordered two pizzas this is very key information both with (laughs) ham olives and pesto remember that okay ham olives okay delicious I mean sounds like a great pizza it's a cracking pizza, don't get me wrong. They arrive and uh, your man from next door, who I may or may not be going home with, comes in. And um, I claim that he was clearly trying to polish off that pizza so that he'd know whether I was going home with him or not, right? So he's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, do you want a piece of pizza? Yeah, fine. We finish the pizza. And suddenly he starts kind of touching his neck. And he's got a bit red. And you know when something happens and all the information you know about a person suddenly sort of floods in front of your eyes. Yeah. 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 I remember that this guy has quite a serious nut allergy. Oh no. Oh, the pesto. <laughs> pesto, Annabelle, it's the pesto, right? The bloody pesto. Who puts pesto on a pizza? Me. He's going into anaphylactic shock. No. So we order an Uber to um, Amy and we arrive and he gets shot full of adrenaline. Um, um, we're both drunk at this point. And they're kind of asking you how much he's had to drink and it's quite a bit more than he's saying. We get moved to ambulatory care, right? Which is essentially two red leather chairs in another section of the hospital. And I, I fall asleep. Um, and I wake up and someone's saying, wakey, wakey. And I come round and I have mentioned, haven't I, ladies, that I'm spending quite a lot of time with medics. Yes. And yeah. the doctor that has been sent to discharge me and the guy who I poisoned while I was trying to sleep with him is not only a mutual friend of ours, but he's somebody I have already slept with. No! Oh, oh no! That is cringe central. But 
what I didn't mention is I was in this sketch show, but this was night one of the sketch show. So we have to turn up for night two. And we arrive separately, but on the whiteboard, they've written, congratulations, Ellie and <laughs> guy I was trying to sleep with. And then underneath, Doctor Who I'd already slept with, says hello, right? Because of course they all know him as well. <laughs> so good and so awkward. If you would like to share your story with us, please, please do. Head to Facebook or Instagram. Just search for At Least You Didn't and send us a DM. Pesto is such a weird thing to have on a pizza, isn't it? It's not an unexpected pizza topping. I quite like uh, a truffle pesto, if I'm honest. Of course you do. Of course I do. Uh, right, let's carry on with the podcast. At least you didn't call David Beckham a murderer. Mm. During the news. How on earth did you manage that, please? So, I was studying journalism as a postgrad. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be a newsreader. And I'd got myself a work placement And I turned up to this radio station and I felt like I was the bee's knees, like I was trying so hard just to be perfect because I knew this radio station was going to have a job coming up in a few months' time. And I wanted Mm. them to be like, bam, we know who we want for this job. Let's not even advertise it. Let's get that work experience girl who was in. She was amazing. So I offered to work for the week at the weekend for free I came in early I left late I did coffee runs I brought cakes in like I went to town on just trying to please everybody yeah anyway three or four days into my work placement somebody called in sick and because they called in sick they needed somebody to read the news and so the boss said well Caroline would you like to read the news bulletin And there was like a murmur around the office because this had never happened before. Like a work experience person does absolutely not read the news. Yeah. Um, And I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, I'd love to, yeah. And the people who were in the team were like, you'll be brilliant, you'll be great, you know. This has never happened before, but it's because you're really good, you'll be amazing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be brilliant, I'm going to be great. Really firing you up. And I was sat there feeling really nervous um, and trying to remember everything. And I had to write this news bulletin and put it together. And then someone else was going to double check it before I went on. And I read mm-hmm. this live news bulletin. That, live? Live news bulletin. Oh, Not yeah. even pre-recorded. Not even pre-recorded. Live. Wow. Going out uh, across two counties. So it was like a real, it was a, like a. This is unprecedented, It was like a big Caroline. deal. Unprecedented. unprecedented. So, um. I'm writing this bulletin and I'm sort of taking that someone else is checking it over and I'm sat there waiting for their comments back, trying to remember all of the information I'd been taught at uni. And I was thinking, right, OK, yep, yeah, just don't make any legal mistakes in this bulletin, Caroline, because you don't yeah. want to get the radio station sued. And that was my big yeah. fear. You know, news bulletins are very factual and you have to yeah. make sure that you completely tell the truth obviously, to the letter. letter. So that is in my mind. I get handed the script back. I get told, yep, you're good to go. That's a great script. Go on, in you go. You can read the news. Knock them dead, Caroline. Knock them dead. So I go in and I felt like I was driving the Starship Enterprise because I go into this like... (laughs) 
<laughs> small little box room. So many buttons. So many buttons everywhere. And there's a, a big window and I can see through this window and there's the studio with the presenter. Uh, and they're sort of chatting away and doing their show and playing the songs. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is my moment. This is amazing. And I remember vividly this news bulletin. So the first story was about a man who had gone into a police station that morning and announced that he'd killed four people. Um, and it was a really serious news story. Um, mm. And our reporter was on the scene. Now, what that really meant was we don't take the reporters live. They have recorded a clip. So they are on the scene, but they've recorded a clip. And you've got a little computer. Four hours, four ago. hours ago, yeah. You've got a little computer and you just press a button and out their voice plays. And so I was reading it. Our reporter is there. Uh, what's the latest on this developing story? And I press the button. And I press the button again. And I press it again and nothing's happening. And I'm thinking, I am live on the radio. This is the first time I've ever done this. This is utterly terrifying. So I recovered really well. And I said, unfortunately, we seem to be suffering technical issues. We'll bring you that as soon as we can. And I continued with my bulletin. And I went through and I went through and I went through. And we got to the last part of the bulletin and it was the sports news. Um, yeah. And I vividly remember this sports news. It was during the World Cup. So, England take on Trinidad and Tobago in the World Cup this afternoon. Our reporter Paddy Bunce is there. Paddy, how's David Beckham been preparing for the game? And I pressed the clip. Well, he walked into a police station at three o'clock this morning and announced he had three bodies in the boot of his car and another back at his flat. <laughs> I, I, I did not know what to do. Like, it's playing out in absolute slow motion. Through the window, I can see the presenter, the DJ, just looking like a headless chicken, looking from left to right with his arms in the air, like, what are you doing? And I thought, I don't know what to do. If I stop this clip midway through... Everyone's going to notice. If it keeps playing, maybe there are people listening who will just not have noticed because they won't have been listening that hard. So <laughs> I let that entire clip play out. That clip that suggests that David Beckham had killed four people. Um, and off the back of it, I thought, right, you were thinking earlier on about your legal, your legal information. So you make sure you get this spot on. So I said, I do apologise. Technical errors there. Uh, obviously, David Beckham is not a murderer. But then I thought about it for a second and I thought, I don't know that. <laughs> we don't know he's not a murderer. For an actual fact. And news is all about the actual facts, isn't it? Did you say he's probably not a murderer? No, so I said, I do apologise. <laughs> uh, that was a technical error. Obviously, David Beckham is not a murderer. As far as we know. That's the latest. I'm Caroline Verdon. <laughs> yeah. What happened after that? Um, I th Did you get told off? No, I think because it was so catastrophic, I don't think anyone could contain themselves. So I basically opened the door and you open the door of this studio onto the whole office and there's like 50 people in this office and every single one of them is bright red with tears rolling down their faces, <laughs> absolutely crying. Um, and I was just stood there like a deer in headlights and I didn't know whether to cry, to laugh. Like I just did not know what to do. And thankfully nobody complained and I got the job. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and so began my career in radio with an absolute disaster. And a lawsuit from David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs>
least you didn't kick a baby. I tried to snog the vicar. At least you didn't show the bin many knickers. It could be worse. I just feel the whole thing's a bit of a shame. I feel like I was born to read the news. Do you know what I mean? Like I've got that voice. Welcome to the news. It's five o'clock. I'm Caroline Verdon. Do you know what I mean? Here's a list of all the murderers today. (laughs) Maybe not. David Beckham, we cannot confirm. (laughs) We can confirm. David Beckham, he's on the safe list. He's on the good list. He's fine. He is very much on Father Christmas's good boy list. I've made that weird, haven't I? What a good boy. (laughs) What a good boy, David. Good boy. (laughs) Oh, dear. How do we come back from that? Should we just say thanks for listening and stuff? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Just carry on like thanks. we're normal. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to be on our podcast, you can. All you have to do is find us on the socials at at least you didn't on Instagram and on Facebook. Why would you not want to be on the podcast, quite frankly? Because next week, we've got some corkers coming up for you. At least you didn't. Create your own catchphrase. Make an unfortunate typo. Or cause a scene in a war zone, as you do. Doodle pips. Clever boy. Mm.